now, Talk Zone presents Two Guys and a Mic, your mid-morning break sports talk show. It's a passionate yet lighthearted look at the world of sports, featuring the coach, John Cohn, and the big dog, Joel Radwanski. They'll recap the games from yesterday, look ahead to the matchups tonight, and cover a lot more in between. Now, Two Guys and a Mic on TalkZone.com. Welcome to a football Friday edition of the Two Guys in a Mic Show. Big Dog and the coach at your service right up until 11 o'clock. Plenty to talk about today from the NB of A to the NFL. We'll get off the sports page as well. And uh, Big Dog, you were not here, but right before the show, we had a scintillating taping of Wild About Pets, which is on normally, what, David, at 12 o'clock on the talk? Is that Monday through Friday? Just Fridays. Just Fridays. One day a week. Oh, we got to get that more often. But by the time we're done today, it'll be on three days a week. But I told, I think it's uh, Nora, right? Susan. Susan from Wild About Pets. I told her we got to do our show together because you are known as the big dog. And maybe you could be one of the pets on Wild About Pets. Say hi to uh, Susan, big dog from Wild About Pets show. Hello, Nora. No, it's Susan. <laughs> Susan. <laughs> I don't know where Nora came from. Is there another Nora that does a show, Dave? I don't know. I got Nora on my mind. Who knows? How are you, Big Dog? So oh, I'm doing spectacular, Coach. Would you uh, Would you be available to appear at twelve o'clock on Fridays on, on Wild About Pets? Yeah, uh, no problem, Coach. But uh, you know, with the, the everything, everybody's so <laughs> sensitive nowadays. I'm going to have to do a, a background check. A background. I'm going to bring my pet in front of anybody that's supposedly wild about a pet. So you're going to do a background check on her. Yeah, yeah. Interesting. All right. So you can do cooperative uh, reverse method background checks. One can background check the other, and you can get together after the show for lunch and uh, compare your background checks. It might be a whole lot of fun. You shouldn't. Don't feel bad because I'm doing them to everybody now, Coach. As a matter of fact, I'm going to do one on you. I, I, I shouldn't just assume after eight years that we're still boys. Well, nine years now. People so. will recommend, and I think I've heard you even uh, recommend it, that we, we should all do background checks on ourselves. Right? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Uh-huh. You'll find out, oh, man, I must have been really drunk because I don't remember that incident. <laughs> you know, seriously, Coach. Yeah. You get a lot of those, on the, well, at least I did. Well, you want to find out. People are checking on you. You want to find out exactly what information is out there. I'm, I'm pretty good because there's a Jonathan Cohn, spelled the exact same way as me, who is uh-huh. a well-resteemed academician out east and I think an author of many books. Can't find any controversy with him. Uh, you know, so I'm when people check on me, this guy's reputation is is impeccable. I'm in good shape, Big Dog. You, you know, Coach, it's funny that you said it because uh, there's a Joel Michael Radwanski Uh-oh. running around Florida somewhere. Uh-huh. So either there's another person with my exact all name, like, you know, first, middle, or last, or somebody has stolen my identity and is having a pretty good time down in Florida. I'm not kidding about that either. How many Joel Michael Radwanskis there, could there possibly be, Coach? Your middle name is Michael? Yeah, it's a good name, isn't it? When did that happen? Um, uh, well, I don't want to give that information out. I must well just give my Social Security out also. Yeah, what the heck? You know, so. What the heck? Just give us the last four numbers. That doesn't give away anything. By the way, Coach, every time I go and get one of those, uh, you know, I, I go with, like, the Wrigley Field, and they, hey, do you want a towel that says Cubs or a hat or T-shirt or umbrella? And I was like, no, I, I don't have my identification on it doesn't matter. I always write the same stuff out. I write out Tyler Durden's address and then Sammy Sosa's statistics. 
1998 as yeah. my my social security number. Yeah. And I got to tell you something, Coach. I have a plethora of stuff and have never gotten a new uh, credit card ever in the last 15 years. <laughs> just to let you know. Works for you well, huh? Yeah, it does. Hey, hey, keep with it. All right. Well, we got lots to talk about, Big Dog. Plenty on the docket, including a brand-new coach. We'll talk a little college football, Army-Navy coming up tomorrow, a little bit of the bowl games. Brand-new coach at the University of Illinois. So we got some collegiate football, certainly a full slate of NFL games. We'll play, of course, Beat the Schmoes and uh, NBA Practices. I believe uh, gymnasiums are officially open for practice. The Bulls are probably two hours into their first practice right now. So plenty to talk about. We'll get off the sports page as well. Everything good with you, hopefully, and uh, you're set for a – you got besides sports, you got anything interesting happening this weekend? Uh, actually, I got a – you know, I'm still in hot pursuit, Coach. You realize that? Hot pursuit. Yeah, still in hot pursuit a little hot. like. So it's just a big week, like a, like a big special weekend plan. So I'm, ah. I'm pretty happy about it, Coach. Okay. And then, then there's the Army-Navy game tomorrow morning, which, you know, I will be standing attention to. The whole entire game. I'm fired up about that. So it's, it's a big weekend, Coach. And then that's the only college football. And then after that, I mourn for a little bit at about 2 o'clock in the afternoon. Mm-hmm. And then I try to move on with my life at that point. Yeah, I'm looking forward to 3.15 on Sunday, too, when the Bears take on the Denver Broncos. Looking forward to that game. Now, uh, we haven't mentioned Lily the Lilac, your uh, female pursuit of late. You've been after her like Von Miller off the uh, rush yeah. end. Uh, is Lily the Lilac back in town, or is she still overseas? Oh, no longer. Yeah, she's no longer traveling Southeast Asia anymore, Coach. So she's back building uh, ah. buildings. And you know what she's working on now? She works for, she's an architect, and she's actually building, she's designing uh, Cherry Wood Stadium that the Chicago Cubs, the Ricketts family, are building a new Cubs Care Park. Interesting. And they're, they built, like, these, like, small stadiums, and they put them in areas that really need baseball that parks. That is very cool. And, and it's called Kerry Wood Stadium, and she's building it. So that's, that's uh, funded so, by so, by the uh, Chicago Cubs and the Ricketts family. By the Ricketts family. Now, how cool is that? So let's let's just say we're going to have very good seats coming up this particular year. So I'm going to have to say nice to this girl, considering she's hot. It'll be easy. Interesting. That's outstanding. So, and, and her involvement with that, she is. She's designed. She's an architect. The, she's, wow. She works for she works for an architecture firm uh-huh. downtown Chicago. It's pretty cool. They had 12 people. But after this massive uh, downgrade in our, our economy, there's not nobody's building anything. So it, you know it, it hurts construction workers, it hurts architects, mm-hmm. and they had 12 people in their firm. They fired nine. Wow! And they kept. She was one of the three that kept, and she's like, wow. and, and now I work five times more than I used to. When so, you, as soon as you said massive downgrade, I thought you were talking about the 2011 Chicago Cubs season. But you're talking about the architectural firm. But that's a story. That needs to be out there a little bit more. That the Cubs are uh, and the Ricketts family investing into areas that don't have nice ballparks for the kids to play on, and they're building. I don't want to say mini Wrigley Fields, but nice little baseball yeah. stadiums. And... No, that's, no, that's what that's what it is. It's the mini Wrigley Field. They're putting them. That's uh-huh. what they do. That is very cool. I would, I, if possible, I'd like more information, and that we should set up an interview with uh, with somebody connected with that. I think that's a really cool idea. Oh, absolutely, Coach. Uh, I yeah. got other stuff that I can tell you. About just the, not, it has nothing to do with her, but just like the meeting architects. Mm-hmm. Every one of them has a story about a city contract where they're like, "Yeah, we got paid like 1.2 million dollars." And what would it was measure a room and give them a sheet of paper mm-hmm. with the measurements on it? I'm not kidding you, coach. It's sickening. You know, I thought when I was 
when I was married to the uh, the assistant state's attorney here in the at Cook County, she was an extremely good individual. Okay, she didn't do anything corrupt. Honestly, the girl's one of the most honest people I've ever met. Right. But the corruption that she was like saw firsthand, it was like just disgusting. Now, so I'm getting to know an architect really well, and the corruption in the architecture industry in the in the city of Chicago and Cook County is just mind-boggling, Coach. It's unbelievable. Hard to believe. Unreal. Hard to yeah. believe corruption would be connected with Cook County. Shocking. <laughs> yes. Absolutely it's, it's shocking. All, all these people, are, yeah, I got to deal with, yeah, with so-and-so that was for, like, this particular uh, part of the city to say, like, the Water Reclamation District. Go in there and measure a room. You know, stuff like that. The crazy mm-hmm. stuff, though. Interesting. Cary Wood Park. I'm fascinated with that concept. They probably have, like, the mound elevated to, like, 30 feet. As you were mentioning <laughs> that, I'm thinking of other, uh, you know, parks. You could have uh, parks named after, I don't know, like, Aramis Ramirez, where the rule would be, you know, the offensive team. It's an automatic out if you hit it to third base. <laughs> Not bad. You know, Carlos Zambrano park. park, where the uh, the Gatorade jugs in each dugout are like cemented in so they can't be removed yeah there's punching bags all over the park so you can relieve your stress yeah so as a fan you just walk in and pow, just beat on it mm-hmm. you know or, you know it's a stress relief like an anger management type yeah. park yeah shawan dunston park named after shawan dunston where the home plate is like twice as wide actually it'd be shawan dunston slash Corey patterson park where the home plate is twice as wide as the other fields yeah and uh and behind first base there's actually netting like behind uh, home plate because who knows where Sean Tutson might throw the ball. Yeah, there's like there, there's like an area of about 80 seats that you can't use because uh, it's a protective covering. Oh goodness, there's all kinds of possibilities there. That's a cool story. I'd like to follow up on that. Uh, not a whole lot of baseball news today. We do got basketball stuff, a lot of college football, uh, and of course we'll get to the NFL too with the Bears and Denver by beat the Schmoes. Some interesting games. We got the playoff hunt now and the uh, the Battle for the wild card spots, and in a few cases, some conference championships still up for grabs. So the NFL games this weekend should be interesting. Couple of college coaching notes, real quick, big dog off the top. Uh, you got Charlie Weiss. I almost lost my medium medium black coffee, no cream. Thank you very much. Cup number two today. When I read Charlie Weiss, are you kidding me? Hired as a head coach at Kansas, and uh, of course, your University of Illinois. Just this morning, announced that Tim Beckman's going to be their new head coach. Your thoughts on those two signings? Uh, there were, I, I, I don't know what to think of the Tim Beckman thing because who knows? Maybe they got that. Maybe they got the guy. You know what I mean? You know what I'm saying, Coach? Because when Vince Lombardi was hired at the Green Bay Packers, people in Green Bay were livid. Okay, honestly. So who knows? But I'm not going to sit there and bash the guy. I will say this: Toledo can score some points. And since he's been at Toledo, they have been a point-scoring machine. And quite honestly, that's what Illinois has needed to do for uh, for many years. I know last year they, their defense was bad, but over the last 10 years, they've had a decent defense and really, really putrid the, offense. The ironic thing about that, Big Dog, is the, the guy came in as a longtime defensive coordinator, Oklahoma State. Uh, I think under oh, Jimmy so Trust. need to bring his offensive coordinator with them. Yeah, his so we hire a guy as the head coach whose specialty is defense, and their defense this year gave up, what, 60 points at 56? I think even a 70-point yeah. game somewhere. It was, I coached the, the, the Toledo scores were, I am not kidding you, I thought, like every time I see a Toledo game for a split second, I always thought, 
oh, was there a basketball game today? I'm like, oh, no, no. They beat somebody 70 to 63. And I'm not yeah. kidding. The, the, the Nor- they lost to Northern 63 to 60. Okay, that's, that's, you got some issues, okay? You know, your, your O line goes to your D line, hey, you know, we kind of did our job today. What, what happened over there? Mm-hmm. Okay, we put 60 on the board. Could you, could, you guys, could you guys help us out a little bit? Big Ten's had good success with Mac coaches. He is the head coach of a Toledo team. I heard a little bit earlier this morning that his Toledo team next year had a group of seniors ready to kick in. And, you know, next year was the year they were going to win the Mac, maybe preseason top 25. So a lot of the players not happy with them leaving early. A couple of tweets talking about, hey, coach, you know, you told us to finish it out and finish strong, loyalty to the program. What about you? So some controversial quotes. Uh-oh. Not all thrilled with Timmy Beckman leaving. Maybe he should have waited another year before uh, moving on to greener pastures. You know, I'm not happy to hear that because, quite honestly, what I to- – uh, you know, coach, we have a strong Illini contingent of the of the dozens of people that come in and out of this particular house to watch football. Most of half of them are Illini fans. I don't know what it is, but for some reason I get a lot of Illini fans coming to my house. We all the consensus. We want somebody that's going to stay here. Okay, we want somebody that does not. We don't want Bill Self. Okay, it'd be nice if we get a a six year run of a Rose Bowl and a, like a great team. But no, I don't want that. I want somebody that's going to stay here. So what, we're just going to get another guy that's going to jump ship too. Oh, so he turns Illinois around and he's going to run to whatever big program like the. The, what a top fifteen program perennially that uh, is going to have the next step. No, I don't want that at all. So all right. I, that's that's bad to hear. All right. Well, we will see. It's in the early stages, I'm sure a lot more will come out of him. But Timmy Beckman gets the Illinois job. What about Charlie Weiss signing at Kansas? Shocked with that one. No, everybody else was talking about. Oh well, you know, how's this going to look for Kansas? You know, is it better than Turner Gill? All that stuff going on because I, what, what is Charlie Weiss? You're not sure he's an enigma. Okay, I don't think he's that good of a coach. But for Charlie Weiss, he can actually go to a school where he hasn't been the fattest coach even in the last two years. Because <laughs> Mike Mangino was That's there a true. couple years ago, and that dude is the fattest human being ever. Okay, so, so I, I, I think Charlie Weiss has a perfect fit for him. Pardon the pun. For that reason. Pardon the pun. Yes. <laughs> no, yeah. not bad. Was bad. Yeah, but just, you know, he had he had zero success as the Notre Dame coach. There was an unlikability factor about him. Now, maybe there was a connection with Kansas because he was, for a year, the Kansas City Chiefs offensive coordinator. So maybe they made a connection there. But I heard he wasn't that's all that. That's, Kansas City is in Missouri. I understand that, but <laughs> it's still, you know... It, in the hunt, I understand it's in Missouri, but it's still in the hunt in that connection area where maybe some connection was made. Well, you explain it. If it's not the Kansas City connection, how do you, how does Charlie Weiss all of a sudden show up in Kansas? I would think it had something to do with the fact he made some connections while he was with the KC Chiefs. I, I have no idea why they why they selected him because his last job, you know, what his job was this year, Coach. Yeah, Florida. Six, yeah, the six and six Florida team, which couldn't get out of their own way offensively. Yeah. They were horrid, and they had the. If you name the top ten fastest players in college football this year, Lamichael James, obviously of Oregon, is definitely way up there. But two of the guys are at Florida: the Dems kid and that other kid, Bernard. The, the, those kids can—they were rocket ships. They were utilized for the last three years up until this year, where they they never got the ball. So yeah, whatever. Charlie Weiss, uh, yeah, the Kansas, you get what you deserve. 
Turner Gill would have turned that program around, Coach. They would have been all right with that. Yeah, I, I, you know, I, that would be my impression, too. I don't know what went on. I saw the scores the last five, six games of the season. There's something happened. So I can't, from the outside, I can't criticize it, uh, although it appeared. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, they were getting killed. Well, Turner Gill's, you know, very, very classy guy. He was a great coach up at Buffalo, so something happened. Maybe there was some controversy. I don't know. Maybe he well, lost maybe the team. Maybe like, injuries or something, to be honest with you. Kansas was supposed to be horrible this year, and they were as horrible as everybody thought they were going to be. They had no, they were bereft of talent when uh, he got there. There was nothing there. Coach. So, in Turner Gill's defense, they lived up to their expectations. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> he he could put that on his resume. All right. Hey, real quick, before we get to the NFL, big dog and a coach up until 11 o'clock, folks. Phone lines open. You want to check in. Illini fans, college football fans, the Army-Navy game coming up tomorrow, football Friday. You want to make your beat the schmoes football picks. You can do it with the coach and the dog. Uh, 888-463-6748, our phone number again, 888-463-6748, big dog and a coach. Weekend arising right before us, dog, but does some good football this weekend. Good football this weekend, including a 3 o'clock game, Bears and Denver. You've had a little chance to mull that puppy over. Um, any thoughts, any feelings you have? It's not part of your Beat the Schmoes picks, I hope. It's definitely one of my Beat the Schmoes picks. Coach. Wow. You're going Army, Navy, and Bears, Denver. Yes. I, you got to go to the big game. You, you are a man that throws caution to the wind. <laughs> See? Yeah, Lily, yeah. Lily the Lilac returns from overseas, and all of a sudden you're uh, – you're big and bold again. Actually, you know, that is true. Been. That is true because while uh, she was gone, I did concentrate a little more on football, and I did have, like, consecutive winning weeks. weeks. Yep. I don't yep. know how many in a row, but that's, that's, it, it had helped. Yeah, that's true. I, I never know. thought of that. Winning streak while she was gone. Yeah, women weekend legs. Uh, I, I just think the Bears' defense sets up really well against the Broncos, at least stopping Tim Tebow. But the, the Bears haven't been good at stopping power-running teams during the Lovey Smith era, Let, let's face it. I mean, the the Bears defense is has been great over the last eight years. If you consider the run that they've had, it really has been great. But it hasn't been like they've been stopping people and they're stout against the run. It's the fact that they always take the ball away from you and then they return it for touchdowns. So in the long run, like the the defense has been scoring points and, and really set the offense up well. Well, and you got to be a little bit more specific. You're saying stop the run. The challenge this particular weekend uh, is a little bit different than the regular NFL running game. Denver does it a different way with Tim Tigo, a quarterback. It's that college-style, option-style. A lot of these defenders, big dog, the guys that have been three, four, five, six, seven years out of college, they haven't gone over the responsibility. They haven't defended that kind of option running uh-huh. game since they played in college. So I ask you as a uh, – semi-professional sports talk host here, and you are the expert. How hard is it for professional football players with four-day preparation to be able to sophisticatedly defend a new offense, in this case, the option offense, or can they adjust pretty easy? You know, Typically, you would say in the NFL, well, there's so much speed and they can run people down, so you can't use it consistently. But what if it's coming from an offense that is running it properly and they're executing everything right? So it's Normally, it's just like, oh, some, you get some guy that's, oh, some option quarterback, he runs out there, and they, they run the option, and he gets killed, and it's over. But what if the offense is executing something at a high level? Then it's totally different because now you truly do have to play your responsibilities and read all your keys, and it, it does make it a lot more difficult to defend everything else when all of a sudden in the back of your mind you're like, you know what, I've got to make sure I go quarterback to pitch on this play. 
I mean, just think about that as an NFL player with all the responsibilities that you have, and all of a sudden you're like, oh, yeah, yeah, I, uh, as Tebow comes flying down the line, i got to make sure to keep my shoulders square and make sure to get outside it mm-hmm. and make sure to contain on the play. I can't. The, the, to throw that onto your responsibilities is a lot on, a, on an NFL player. Okay. See, what I'm concerned about is, like, all of a sudden last week, the Broncos went into I formation and played pro-style football. No one's bringing this stuff up, but they went I formation, Coach. And, I mean, they only threw the ball 15 times, but it wasn't just college option last week. They had fullback in front of uh, Willis McGahee. Tebow was handing it off to him and faking it like it was uh, like bootlegs and stuff, which is something they hadn't done yet, which is if all of a sudden they can run power football, like I was saying, the Bears have always shown a problem for stopping the power running game. Because remember the whole thing when the Lions would run mm-hmm. Plessinger right at Erlacher? Because let's face it, Erlacher sideline to sideline of God. The weakest part of him is running right at him. Mm-hmm. So, we, so I'm a little worried about this because up, up until now, I'd have been like, yeah, the Bears, oh, you're going to go sideline to sideline against the Bears? The Bears will make it happen. I'm not worried about it. Well, if they can punch you in the mouth, too. <laughs> I mean, the Broncos are starting to turn into everyone's like, well, Tim Tebow can't throw. Well, you know what, Coach? If 31 teams basically run the West Coast offense. Let, let's face it. I don't care what anybody says. You can. The Packers obviously are the best offense in football, but if you really look at how they run their offense in terms of, like, formations and personnel, I mean, it seems like every team does exactly the same thing. We have a first-down package or a third-down package, and – we're going to spread you out a little bit, and you know, we, you know, I mean, it's like the same thing. We're going to check down, and well, you know, we're going to take what the defense gives you. I mean, Aaron Rodgers is the best at it, so he can force you a little bit more. But all of a sudden, you have one team in the whole NFL that does something absolutely, completely 180 degrees opposite of what everybody else does. You have an advantage when you do that. Yeah, if they run out of the I formation, and the game is in Denver, the Denver Broncos fans and their big screen, you know what, after they score a touchdown, out of the power I formation, the whole crowd will start singing, we'll never forget the way you thrill the nation with your I formation, just to rub salt in the wound of the Chicago Bear fan. That could happen. Don't kid yourself. By the way, speaking of uh, Aaron Rodgers, we didn't talk about it. Did you watch the last minute when the Packers got the ball back against the Giants? 58 seconds, we only needed, he only needed, what, they're like, do you think 58 seconds is enough? What, he needed 32? Wow. They ended up running the clock down, coach. Yeah, yeah you're right. 15. You're right. I forgot about that. The last 20, 22 seconds, they wound it down. The Giants score a late touchdown. Uh, and, again, trying to stop the Packer winning streak of, what, 17 over two seasons, something like that. Yeah. Highly impressive. Yeah. And then they go for two, and they get the two-pointer. They tie it up. Looks like we're headed for overtime right off the bat. And I'm sure I wasn't the only one thinking it to myself is too much time for Aaron Rodgers. Uh, and then, just to, to up that level, because I knew that I, that was going to be said when I was when I was when everybody was over. Yeah. I said, right, do they have a better chance of winning if they miss the two-point conversion or if they give Aaron Rodgers the ball with 58 seconds left? Everybody laughed. They're like, they should miss the two-point conversion no. and kick the outside no, kick. No, that's, that's silly. I know, I know, I know. But yeah. they were so but, we were talking, should they go onside kick? We're like, do they have a better chance of winning going onside kick than they do kicking Aaron Rodgers Let the ball? Let me ask you this, though. When they got down to the whatever yard line ready to score a touchdown, I know your thoughts are on scoring the game-tying touchdown. It's hard enough to score in the NFL in the red zone as it is. So you got to concentrate on that But. Considering the greatness of Aaron Rodgers, do you do you take into effect, hey, 
let's wind the damn clock down and see if we can score later and only give them 20 seconds instead of 58 seconds? Is that any part of your thought processes? You know, Coach, it absolutely is because that's exactly what I was thinking. But then you know how hard it is to score in the NFL? That's that's what I was thinking, too. You know I mean, honestly, it's so hard. What are you going to do, fall down at the inch line? Like, yep. like and then, I mean, it, maybe that was their only their only option. Maybe that is someone will do that in the future. Yeah. He, you like, know, he was. Not, I don't know if he was great that game. He was good. I didn't watch the whole game. His stats were pretty good. But boy, fifty-eight seconds. It was. Un, it was like taking a sharp knife and cutting through melted butter. I mean, so it was unbelievable. Was. Pass, 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 and each one of those were for a solid eighteen to twenty-five yards. And a two of the three, big dog. The receiver was pretty well covered. He just threw beautiful passes. He threw one that, from the offense's point of view, it was a 12-yard out, and it was on the right sideline. And who the guy had perfect coverage. No runners had nobody. He plants his back foot, throws a rocket, and the the ball could have only been put there. And, I'm, and what I mean by there, I mean like in a three-inch window, and the guy caught it. It was one of the most amazing throws. By the way, Coach, he had his first bad game of the season. Uh, he had a 104 quarterback rating, huh. which was the first. It was his lowest of the season. That was his worst game of the whole entire year. Was the Amazing. was the game that he led his team down for a game-winning field goal in the last minute of the he, game. He is cementing. I've always felt about quarterbacks the area that people don't talk about enough. You know, and they analyze. You know, it's leadership. It's uh, understanding the offense, the mental part of being a quarterback. It's arm strength. It's touch. All those things are good. Quick release. But yeah, quick release, absolutely. But the thing, uh, maneuverability, escapability, everything. But the thing that people uh, is either a take for granted, or b don't think about enough. But it's the number one thing with a quarterback, and it's pretty simple: accurate, accuracy. He oh, hits. Goodness. He yeah. hits people in stride. How many times do you hear about the accuracy of a quarterback? That's what it's all about, Big Dog. And Aaron Rodgers probably as good in that area as we've ever seen. And like the like the thing that a lot of the analysts have been saying now that like that goes into accuracy coaching. You're you're right. Uh, is anticipation. Like Aaron Rodgers goes back and he sees a guy and he knows he's going to come open. And the next thing you know, it's just he just lets it go and he told, it's totally accurate. The ball's exactly where it's supposed to be right when the guy comes open. You know, it's amazing how you see Packers. You know, the other day they were complaining that the, they, they dropped some balls with the Giants, but if you notice how many times, like, Packer receivers will turn their head and all of a sudden the ball's just on them. And they got to, like, throw their hands up. Of course, it's right in their eyes, so it's pretty easy to throw their hands up and catch the ball. But, like, it's like he throws balls where even the receivers are shocked that the ball's right where it's supposed to be, right when they're coming out of a break. It's It's truly amazing. I've never seen anybody play quarterback at this level, Coach. All right, well, don't forget Bears-Packers Christmas Day, and the last time I checked, Christmas Day rapidly approaching. I'm assuming, Big Dog, uh, you have all your uh, presents bought. You'll be able to relax and enjoy the Bear-Packer game without any last-minute gift shopping. You all set in that area, or you need some help? Uh, no, no, I, I like to do it on uh, on Christmas Eve. That's when everything goes on sale. Ah. Coach, I love it. I go downtown. I see all my boys because mm-hmm. I know they're all working at uh, Nike Town and at Nordstrom. And uh, I get all the good deals. They usually hook me up. And then uh, someone's like, wow, wow, Uncle Joel, you did me all right this year. So, nice. Christmas Eve. I'm a last-minute shopper, but Christmas Eve, that's uh, that's that's taken it to the last second here. Actually, I'm a non-shopper. I try to avoid any level of Christmas shopping it's a little bit. Right the check, right? The, 
Uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. That, that's, that's not bad. That's much better, Coach. Yeah. I'd much rather do that. I don't even care if it's more expensive. Yeah, thank you very much. 888-463-6748, the phone number, Big Dog, and the coach on a football Friday here. Dial it up. We'll make our Beat the Schmoes football predictions. Uh, in just a couple of minutes, you want to make your picks, you can do so. Any comments on uh, the fine sport of football, you want to get off football and delve into other areas, we are right here for you as well. Again, 888 Beat the Schmoes. you got to pick any three games against the point spread. They can be high school, college, or pro. There's no high school games going on. There's one college game this weekend, and then, of course, pro football. So you're pretty much limited to the end of, of L. Cinemax, Cindy emails in big. We haven't heard from her for a while. Cinemax yeah, Cindy, one of your uh, – she, she was hot on your trail about three months ago, and then something cooled off. I don't know if it was from your end or her end. Uh, both, Coach. <laughs> you cooled off on her end? Yes, exactly. Have you seen her end yet? No, no, I have not. And I, 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 she sent me a picture. Believe me, if you saw her end, you wouldn't be cooling off on your or her end. <laughs> <laughs> she wants to know Matt Forte. Tell Big Dog Matt Forte was my favorite player. He's out this weekend. How do you think Khalil Bell will do as the fill-in? Good question from Cinemax Cindy and uh, her cool end. Uh, I, I would expect a, a couple more bursts like he showed in the in the Chiefs game, and I wish he would have got the the ball a little bit more than he did. He had a couple nice long runs uh, until the Bears heard his you know, you know that he actually had two consecutive runs, drove the Bears inside the five, and if you remember Cinemax Sydney, uh, our genius of a of a mad scientist of an offensive coordinator decided to use a seven step drop on the four yard line, and Caleb Haney got sacked when we were down uh, by what was it at that point seven to three at that point. So all the getting a touchdown was really important. So he decided, next you know we're out of field goal range after the second sack, after the second seven step drop back. So. Uh, yeah, coach. All right. Now, one no, no, other. No, we need to see more of him. We do. We do need. If we would have seen Khalil Bell instead of a seven set drop again, we probably would have scored a touchdown. Who knows? Yeah, I'm with you. From what I've seen over the last couple of years, very serviceable backup. Probably the kind of guy I call it, um, not Jose Valentin. Who was the backup infielder that the uh, Chicago Cubs had? Not no, the no, Jose Vizcaino. Okay, yeah. I call it the Jose Vizcaino uh, uh, syndrome. Where, you know, outstanding as a backup, if given the chance to play every single day, probably the Peter principle and you reach your point where, you know, maybe you're not that effective. But I think Khalil Bell, very good backup, uh, running back. I think he'll uh, do a good job this Sunday. Underrated, underrated is, I think, the injury to major right big dog because we've had safety problem with the Chicago Bears since Mike Brown left. And that was what about six years ago? Uh, I don't think it was that long, about okay. four years ago. All yeah. right. Well, it seems like six years. But Major yeah. Wright, if you've been watching the last couple of games, including the first half last week, was really playing some quality football. And I think both you and me said, uh, you know, he was a great pick coming out of college because he might not have been big enough. He might not have been heavy enough. He can't run the 40 fast enough, blah, blah, blah. He's a playmaker. And he's a big game playmaker. And we were, I think, I think I could speak for you, a little yeah. disappointed. That Major Wright, uh, you know, wasn't quite as effective in the NFL as we thought he was. He was finally starting to become an impact player. I thought maybe ready to bust out of the next level, and he gets injured. People aren't talking about it. I think that uh, injury to Major Wright a big one because he was right on the cusp. Yeah, and and I also want to say that uh, Major Wright started playing a lot better when Chris Conte was was put in the lineup. Yep. So I, I really think that had something to do with it. And I, 
I think the Bears actually have themselves a, a nice set of, not should say nice, a very, very good set of young safeties in Major Wright and Chris Conte. So uh, getting Major Wright healthy is, is important because in this scheme, everybody knows the whole cover two scheme, but that's the, that's the important thing is you really rely on those safeties to cover half of the field. That's the whole thing. Two guys covering deep. So, and half the time they're playing that defense, they're either in man, which you better have good safeties if you're in that, or they're counting on their safeties to make a bunch of plays over the top. Mm-hmm. Major right needs to get healthy quick. All right. Well, you'll be happy to know, uh, and I think this could be the first time this year I have included the Chicago Bears in my Beat the Schmoes football picks for the first time this year. Wow. I feel that wow. strong. I feel that strong. I'm looking at a nice Uh-oh. picture of Russell Wilson on the back page of the Chicago Tribune wearing a nice little Argyle sweater. Good-looking gentleman. I didn't realize he was only 5 feet 11 inches tall, by the way. Yeah, Coach, is gonna, that's the reason why he didn't. See, that's why he figured he'd go play baseball, because he didn't think because of his size that he'd actually get a, a, a chance at football. Mm-hmm. Okay. Just got sidetracked by looking at the lovely picture of a Russell Wilson. Uh, again, you want to check in with your Beat the Schmoes football picks, you can do it at 888 David Olson continues his hot streak. He's, you're going to pick last again, right? We might as well stick with the winning formula. So, Big Dog, you can pick first or second. Before you decide that, though, i got to throw a quick baseball note out, note out there. Not happy. Not happy with my guys Jed Hoyer and Theo Epstein. Trading away two of my favorite players, the regime... I'm already feeling some crumblings in the Theo regime, Victor. What's that shirt you were going to wear, the theology? Yeah, theology. Yeah. Well, we sure. might have to X out theology part because uh, they trade away Tyler Colvin and DJ LeMayhew. I don't understand, Coach. Those were two guys I had penciled in in our 2013 World Series winning Chicago Cubs. They trade them for a kid on the Colorado Rockies. Maybe you can help out the Cub fans. But it looks like Ian Stewart. Will be our new third baseman uh, in eight words or less. Tell us a little bit about Ian Stewart. Ian Stewart, superstardom unfulfilled yet. Left-handed, ridiculous power. Greatest Triple A player in the history of Colorado Rockies organization. Interesting. How about that? He had 25 home runs in 2009, and ever since then, in 2010, he couldn't find his bat. He would go up to, he would go to the plate without it every once in a while. So, wait, 2009, he had 40 homers in one season. 25 home runs. 25. Yep. And the, with, uh, that was his rookie year. And then last year, hit maybe 150, coach. It was bad. He yeah, was, I... he was, he wasn't as bad as Colvin. Okay, but he was bad. And then the other guy that, uh, that, uh, Rockies threw in was this guy by the name of Casey Weathers, who was the number one. Yep. He was a first round draft pick. And that's not for DJ LeMayhew. I don't like that. If that was a throw, if it was Ian Stewart for Tyler Colvin, I would be, I'd be so happy. But why DJ LeMay, you forget, it's going to be a never, a never was, never will be. Hmm. All right, but so you like, the, you, you, the, the DJ LeMay, you part of the trade bothers me, coach. Okay. That bothered so, me too, but you didn't, you didn't mind losing the potential of a Tyler Colvin. No, that okay. is, outfielders that hit 275 with 15 home runs aren't that special, coach. And I, you know, but I like Tyler Colvin, he's a good guy, and that there's, that's nothing wrong. With that, that's a major leaguer, but I mean, I'm hoping that they can have outfielders that hit, you know, 295 with 25 homers. So. Mm-hmm. Okay. That was the uh, only real trade coming out of the Major League Baseball uh, general manager meetings down in Dallas. I know Prince Fielder is still being dangled out there, and if you're going to dangle Prince Fielder, you better have a pretty damn strong string. I can tell you that. When the GM meetings over this weekend, Big Dog, I know you're in touch with some of your sources down there. When did the, uh, the late night. Meetings at the bar break up. 
Yeah, I guess so because there's uh, there's been a lot of uh, like uh, security work for bars in the area lately because all the security guys have been sent down to Dallas for all the actual work during the convention. Because ah. nobody nobody parties like the the baseball execs. Okay. Oh my goodness, it's like the restaurant. Party. Good weekend. I'm going to imagine a slow weekend for the escort services in the Dallas area. I'm not going to touch that one, coach. <laughs> All right. Where's Mike? Where's Mike Tarico calling the game this week? Let take it easy. Take it easy. Let me ask you this: uh, be it fact or fiction, myth or legend, truity or not, they say many of these trades are at least, uh, if not consummated, devised late at night after a couple of cocktails. Big dog, you're a man that's been there and done that over a long period of time. What uh, is there a particular drink? That Mike add more to the trade. There's a scotch and soda versus a seven and seven whiskey versus vodka versus scotch. Well, Which liquor increases the possibility of some kind of creative trade? Well, it's funny you said that because uh, they were drinking Manhattan huh? the night that uh, Ted Williams was traded for Joe DiMaggio. Interesting. And the next morning, both the GMs decided that they shouldn't do it. So and it was in the and they were they were out at the GM meeting and that that they got hammered and they were like you know DiMaggio <laughs> bitching Ted Williams was bitching about the Boston Red Sox fans didn't treat him right and DiMaggio was complaining he wasn't making enough money for the Yankees with the Yankees so they were they wanted to switch him and they figured if if Ted Williams played with that little tiny fence in Yankee Stadium that he might hit you know 65 home runs in Yankee Stadium and Joe DiMaggio. Instead of having that massive left field that used to be in Yankee Stadium, because uh, Yankee Stadium was built specifically for left-handed hitters, and uh, Fenway Park's built for right-handed hitters, and they figured if they switched them, who knows what would happen, but they decided not to pull the trigger. They were drinking Manhattans that night, Coach. And Manhattan, uh, help me out here, I'm not a liquor expert, whiskey connected? Uh, bourbon. Bourbon. It's a bourbon drink. Ah, with, uh Interesting. Uh, I'm, I I just drink my bourbon straight, Coach. Honestly, okay. I I love bourbon on the rocks, but I think I know a Manhattan has like a cherry in it. Yep. And the, there's another drink. Uh, there's another alcohol. I think it might be vermouth. I'm not exactly sure what it is. Yeah, vermouth but, highly uh, overrated. Well, the vermouth is a cut drink. You yeah. don't drink vermouth straight. It just yeah. makes everything. It, it makes alcohol taste less like alcohol. Vermouth is like Robin to Batman. Yeah, but sometimes people add vermouth to. I, I, I don't. Add, whatever. I'm not so cutting it whatever. down. I'm saying you need vermouth. You know, Batman needed Robin. I'm just saying it's not the lead. It's you know, it's you a ask, sidekick. Well, you ask me what's in it, then you put it down. Okay. No, no, no I'm not putting it down. I'm just mentioning what I'm likening <laughs> vermouth to. Uh, you know, I'm trying to make an analogy here of some entertainment value. Apparently not, though. All right, so you would go with bourbon as the uh, the drink of choice for creativity. <laughs> No, I guess you have a good point. No, you do have a good point because there is an entertainment value in it. Because, like, uh, <laughs> like there's some there's some drinks that you, like vermouth isn't that big of a deal, but you need it in order to make it like a like a Dean Martin to a Jerry Lewis yep. type deal. Yeah. Jerry Lewis was never funny at all <laughs> by himself, but with Dean Martin, he was excellent. So that was a, he was like the vermouth. So when yeah. he was finally added with Dean Martin, all of a sudden, oh, he was delicious. I don't know if I totally agree with that analogy because I was a huge fan of the young Jerry Lewis, and there were a few movies he did sans Dean Martin that were pretty funny. But yeah, you're right. For the most part, it was 
<laughs> or, or one could say it was Jerry Lewis and Dean Martin was the sidekick in some of those movies because all the laughs were courtesy of Jerry Lewis. At any rate, we get sidetracked once again. Uh, 888-463-6748, the phone number, Big Dog and the Coach at your service. Got to make some football predictions. And uh, tomorrow, Big Dog, only one game, but I think that's going to be on your docket, right? The Army-Navy game? It definitely will be on my docket. That's why I'm waiting for you to make your picks, because if you're making the Bears-Broncos uh, pick, I don't want to be involved in it. <laughs> I think we need to do our two picks together sometime. You know, like in a, in a, uh, in a remote. We got we got to play beat the schmoes in a more public place. Okay. Where we can yeah. you know the, we expand the game a little, a little meet and greet with the big dog in the coat. Dave, can you line that's, that up? That's that's a, a really good idea. If we do it on a football Friday, have a football Friday at some particular yeah, place. Absolutely. Uh, but I don't know if we can have it at, at 10 a.m. in the morning. We'd have to you know do a show and then just go out and have a, a night out of gambling. Yeah, you're probably right. We might have to pre-tape the show or something like that because the, the fans might not be ready for it. But a meet and greet, that's what the big dog and the coach need. The Cinemax Cindy emailing in, and she said, could it be a meet and grope? I have no problem she feels you up, coach. A couple, couple of Manhattans I, I and uh, probably a meet, and, uh, a meet and grope would be a better name for it than a meet and greet with the big dog and the coach. <laughs> Quite possibly. We, we might get more people to show up. Who knows? All right. Are we ready? David Olson, program coordinator here. Thumbs up, thumbs down. Beat the schmoes. There we go. Is is uh, Susan, don't call me Nora, still here or did she leave? I think she's gone. Yeah. She, she was in cage. kept forgetting things and kept coming back. See, she was enjoying our show, Big Dog. Wild about pets. Susan, enjoying our show for about 45 seconds. Then apparently after that she listened to it, said, I've heard enough, and she moved on with the rest of her life. I, I have some questions for her, too. I have to know if uh, how to get good pet insurance. Pet how insurance. Much that cost? Interesting. Yeah, Interesting. I'm sure there is something. She's actually done a show on that. On pet insurance. You're talking pet health insurance or regular pet insurance? Yeah, well, you need pet yeah, health pet, insurance, pet, right? Yeah, pet yeah. health insurance. Uh-huh. Yeah, we, she did a show on that. Okay. We'll see if we can get her on. Why, why you have a pet, Big Dog? Lily, the Lala just paid 2900 bucks because her dog ate some rat poison. Wow. $2,900. Wow. I know. How did rat poison? I thought that might be a good Christmas gift. What, why, uh, what rat poison? Yeah, well, yes, exactly. Rat poison is a really good Christmas. Where did, where did the dog find rat poison? In the garage. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. All right. Yep. Uh, yes, sir. Okay, now, so you're going to have to make your picks first. Okay. Coach, I, 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 uh, dude, this is not a – see, I only have one college game, okay. and I, I'm totally baffled by the NFL right now. I am, too. I told David Olson before the show, and normally, I, you know, I go down the list and – Sometimes there's like five or six games that I have. And I, I don't overanalyze. I go on hunch. I go on feel. It's not very effective, but that's the way I go with. Uh, it's less time-consuming, I can tell you that. <laughs> but um, this week, Big Dog, I went down all the games. There wasn't a single one, not a single one outside of the Bears that jumped out at me. So, you know, I'll make picks not knowing what the heck I'm doing. I've been losing the last three weeks, so with no confidence this week, I'll probably end up going 3-0, and right? That sounds good, Coach. All right. Very unconfidently, I went back and forth on this one, but I'm going to take the Cincinnati Bengals at home over the Houston Texans. Texans 9-3. and three. The Bengals are successful for a while, Big Dog. They've lost last three out of four, and I think maybe they get a bounce-back game and get back on the wild card, here, uh, wild card hunt here. So the Bengals at home by three. 
I'm going to take them. San Francisco 49ers, Arizona Cardinals. I'm taking the Cardinals at home in an upset. What do you think the point spread on that one is? It's everywhere between three and a half to four. So I was actually going to take that one. I'm, I'm, I'm a little nervous for you, Coach. You were going to take the Cardinals or the Niners? The, the Cardinals. So you got that plus okay. four. All right, I'm going to take the uh, Arizona Cardinals at home and the four points. And the only one I feel confidently about the first time I picked the Bears all year, I'm going to pick the Bears big, big over Denver. You heard me say it earlier in the week. You know, it's going to be something like 42 to 10. Caleb Haney going to break out in a big way. Remember my prediction that Haney is going to finish out the season so strong. The Bears will make the playoffs Jay Cutler will be healthy, and Bear fans, I know it's shocking to think about now, but there will be a controversy that Haney is playing so well. Do you want Cutler back, or do you stick with the hot hand, Caleb Haney? It starts this week. Bears, 42. Denver Broncos, 17. Big dog. Hey, Coach, I'm not kidding. Of all the three games that you picked, I liked all of them and considered all of those games, and I was going to take the Cardinals. I'm not going to take that. I was going to take the Bears before, but it wasn't because you were going to take them. But considering you took all my games, <laughs> I am going to take the Bears with you, and then I really like the Bears this week. And wouldn't that be just a great story, truly, that uh, Caleb Haney could turn the season around? Because yep. you know, there's there's still like there's Cloudy and me who who really believe that the Bears could do something this year. Caleb Haney can turn around if they get into the playoffs. Who knows? We just want the Packers. We just mm-hmm. want the Packers in the playoffs. No pressure on the Bears. Let the Bears defense fly around. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's what I'm hoping. For those new listeners to the show, people jumping on board all the time, Cloudy, is Lily the Lilac's pet, or is that your roommate? That's that, that's my uh, in-home chef, Coach. Ah, okay. So, so Cloudy's an yeah. actual person. Yes, he, he's an actual person. Now, Denver's a three-and-a-half-point favorite, so as a Bears fan, I am going to take those three-and-a-half points. Yeah, absolutely. So. Mm-hmm. I will. Take any help we can get. All right, final game for the dog. Hey, and no, no, I only have, that's only one Oh, that's game. right, I'm sorry. That's only one game. So uh, unless you unless you already gave me a win, which I'll be more than happy to take, Coach. Now uh, another game, which is I've seen everywhere from three and a half to three to four. Uh, so I'll do three and a half, and this I'll take the Giants getting three and a half, going down into Dallas Jerry Jones Stadium, and winning that game, and making everybody in the NFC a little bit nervous about what the playoff ramifications are going to be for uh, certain wins down the year. Mm-hmm. Now, of course, the biggest game this weekend is. Army, Navy, and it's it's in Washington uh, at FedEx Field where the Redskins play, Coach. So place is sold out. You're going to have 92,000 uh, people cheering on the game. It's going to be phenomenal. Uh, Navy is a seven-point favorite. Army is finally going to end this horrible streak of losing that they've had to the to the midship, and they will get it done. Army beats Navy at seven-point underdogs, Coach. What, what is the streak? How many times have they lost? Coach, I'm going to have to say it's at least... It's at least seven years. Wow. Okay, and it's like ten out of twelve, which is rare because I'm not kidding. From I, I've watched this game since at the every game since 1982, coach, and I would remember like in 1982, like Navy had a one game lead, and then Army would win, and then Army win the next year after that, and so Army had a one game lead, and the Navy would win. Nobody got more than a one game lead in the season series until like 12, uh, 13 years ago when Navy has basically started dominating the series. So. Mm-hmm. Too bad. Okay. Army plus seven to break the losing streak. Big Dog making his pick. By the way, your second game that you picked, I think from an entertainment value, that is going to be a really, really good NFL football game, regular season style. Almost playoff intensity there. Giants at Dallas, both teams with a lot to play for. They're already great arch rivals. I think um, I don't typically, Dog, watch a whole lot of NFL football if it doesn't 
include the Chicago Bears, but the Giants and Dallas, that might be a game worth tuning in. Well, lucky for you, that's that's your favorite game of the week. It's the Sunday night game with your mm-hmm. guy Al Michaels. So, but that's a great choice for a uh, for a Sunday night game. So I guess mm-hmm. I, I try. To, I don't stay away from the big ones, Coach. No, you've done that all season long, and a winning mm-hmm. record. Winning record. Looking down the list, Saints and Titans. That's got playoff implications. The Lions have to hold serve against the Vikings. You got the Atlanta Falcons playing at Carolina. Playoff uh, interest there for sure. Raiders and the Packers. Bills and the Chargers. Can we write both those teams off? Or do we, if no, the winner there has a chance to? You, you can't write the Chargers off. The Bills you can totally write off completely. The Chargers you can't write off yet because they're in the AFC West and they still play the Broncos and the Raiders. Okay. You know what I'm saying? So you can't write them totally off yet. But trust me, Coach, they they should have been written off. It's just the fact that there's eight four-team divisions in the NFL. Otherwise, we wouldn't be talking about the Chargers right mm-hmm. now. Hey, two words are actually kind of maybe, I don't know how you officially call it, two and a half words for the San Diego Charger fans out there. St. Louis Cardinals. Yeah, yeah. Right? They're, they're still uh, the, the San Diego Chargers fans can think that the Buffalo Bills fans can't think that Buffalo Bills fans got to think like Chaminade or something like that, like <laughs> something that is completely impossible. We yeah, the, the, the Chargers can still do it. Think about it. now they're finally healthy. Think about it. Just like right at the Bears game, they started getting everybody back, and they played the Bears better than anybody had played the Bears in weeks at that point. Mm-hmm. And the last, I mean, the Chargers looked pretty good against the Jacksonville Jaguars. And they had everybody back. So okay. we know they could go on runs. If they win every one of their games the rest of the year, which is only four, and they end up at nine and seven, they can definitely win that division because they will have beaten the Broncos and the Raiders again. And I'm sure they've, who knows what type of time, their division record would be pretty good because I know they've also got games that the Chiefs left too. So Sounds like a long on. shot. But, uh, hey, month left in the season. St. Louis Cardinals were nine and a half games back uh, the last day of the regular season. They fought their way into the playoffs, won a couple of series, and end that win in the World Series. So you never know. Uh, San Diego Charger fans, you never know. After having said that, watch Buffalo beat them 30-10. to 10. All right. Uh, let's go to the real expert here, David Olson, our producer, ladies and gentlemen. Incredibly hot over the season. Something like, what are you, David, 30-7? and seven? I don't think I'm quite that good. Let's, let's take yeah, a look. No, you, we're at 40. I've got it written down. I'm sorry, 30-12. and 12. That's it. So we're at 42 games. Against the point spread, 30 and 12. Ladies and gentlemen, producer extraordinaire, David Oates. Game number one. Uh Uh-oh. The Broncos over the Bears. Smart ass. I I think you're dreaming if you think the Bears are going to blow out anybody this season. I mean, they could only put up three points against the Chiefs. I think... I think with the running attack of the Broncos and all the time the Bears' defense is going to be spending on the field, mm-hmm. I think three and a half points is an easy, easy win. David Olson taking Denver. Yes, I am dreaming about it. And I found through experience, David, that my sports dreams much, much more pleasant than the actual reality. All right then, sir. Thank you very much. Uh, the Carolina Panthers are a three-point dog at home against the Falcons. Uh-oh. Take Carolina. Woo! Game number three, another home dog. Uh, Tennessee is a three point, a three and a half point dog to the Saints. Take the Titans. So you like you like those home underdogs. I do. I like the oh. home underdogs. Always, coach. That that's if you don't know what to do. Like if you're down like ten thousand dollars and your wife's going to leave you, 
just home underdog. Just remember that home <laughs> underdog. Just find get yourself a home underdog that just doesn't make any sense. Like like a team that you think is going to get hammered, or else going to get hammered. They're getting points at home, and next thing you know they week out peak out a win, and you're like, trust me, coach. <laughs> it's it saved me more than one relationship. So if you want to find a good marriage counselor, make sure they uh, among their resume they believe in the home underdog. Without question, that's always a good for a rainy day when you when you really need one to come in for you. The home underdog is always the best way to go. Uh, goodness, we got to get a marriage counselor on this show. You know what? The uh, shortest sentence, the shortest sentence in the English language is "I am." You know what the longest sentence is? What I do. <laughs> Thank you very much. <laughs> All right. Uh, thank you very much. We got David Olson's predictions and Denver over the Bears, Carolina over Atlanta. You like that pick? Are you starting to become a uh, Cam Newton believer, Big Dog? Uh, you know, I've been a Cam fan believer since Auburn. I've been one of the few people that always talks about. It. I don't care if he wasn't accurate in college because he always finds a way to find space and 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 get good throws off. So yeah, I I, I really hope David Olson's right about that because the Bears need. Yep. The Falcons to lose. Okay, they really need. As a matter of fact, if everybody lost in the NFC this week, it would be it would behoove the Bears. Even if the Bears lost too, because at least they'd be losing to an AFC team. They gain another ground, mm-hmm. gain some more ground, kind of in the in the whole thing. So uh, we need the, the, for the Bears. They need the Vikings to beat the Lions. They need the Falcons to lose. So we need a lot of stuff going on. I, I, I like David Six because mm-hmm. uh, seriously, Coach, those the ones that don't seem right. Are they usually the ones that end up winning? Well, like this one you kill the Panthers, and once we'll watch that game, and you'll realize that the Falcons are playing a decent NFL team in the Carolina Panthers. So, yeah, the Falcons have been—they've eh, been winning, but they've been somewhat milk toast and unexciting. Matt Ryan, I guess, in- inconsistent is yeah. the word you're looking for. Inconsistent and almost un—we expected a little more flash and flare out of the ball club. Roddy White. Who everybody predicted, you know, to have a great breakout season, big dog. He's had a couple of good games, but for the most part, that's been disappointing. And even what Julio Jones, the kid they traded half their team for, he's been a little. Oh, yeah. So it hasn't been quite the scintillating sizzle that we thought down in the fine state of Georgia. Roddy White has dropped more balls than. Never mind. I'll just I'll leave that one alone. But yeah. he's been horrible this year, dude. Yeah. I mean, he's been bad, coach. So uh, he's got at least in eleven games, he has at least ten drops. This season. Yep. And I hear about each and every one of them because my son, I think, took them in the second round of his fantasy draft team. So uh, I'm well aware of the unsuccesses of Roddy White. Don't forget, by the way, the Carolina Panthers are coached by first year head coach, Chicago guy from our Super Bowl uh, Chicago Bear team, Ronnie Rivera. Yeah, it's uh, doing it's a nice job. Done a good job. They, they, they've done a phenomenal job of adjusting, like, during wins and, and games, honestly, because they, they, they've done a great job of that. And if you think about how they've brought Cam Newton along, now obviously other teams have adjusted to him, and, and they're not getting away with a lot of stuff as they've done early. But they've re- really let the kid mature and allowed him to, what is it, like drive the car, as they say. You know, hey, you know what, you're our quarterback, go make plays. You think about what the Cowboys did with Jason Garrett this week when they basically let the clock run out with two timeouts because they were afraid that he might turn the ball over. When you have two timeouts and you're, oh, we're at a 49-yard field goal, that's good enough. You know, you can't win that way in the NFL. And, you know, Ron Rivera realizes that. You know, you, you got to have your team make plays and be aggressive. So uh, maybe the 
maybe Mike Marks will learn from that this week. And we don't run the Bears. Excuse me, don't run on first down and second down. All of a sudden, it's third and eleven, and when Caleb Haney is under a barrage, people are like, "Oh, he sucks." No, well, if the kid could throw the ball in a little bit better conditions, and his receivers actually caught the ball every once in a while, they'd be all right. The football expertise and the beat the schmoes football predictions of the big dog, Joel Radwanski, part of the very essence of the two guys in a mic show. Big dog, I know our female listening audience uh, probably dropped about 40% early this morning when you informed them that your uh, female commodity of late, Lily the Lilac, has returned in town. Very disappointing for the females and a couple of our male fans, too. Bobby from Bolingbrook, apparently. Extremely upset, but uh, if. Any of our stalkers out there, female, male, or anywhere in the vast in between, want to uh, check you out over the weekend? Where, what, what places might you be hanging out at? Uh, well, I'm going down to uh, <laughs> an animal orphanage, coach. I'm going to go down there and uh, like adopt a couple puppies, <laughs> and then I'm going to walk a couple old ladies across the street. Jose, <laughs> coach, and then I'm going to volunteer my time okay. at, the, at a soup kitchen. Beautiful. While you're at it, cure a disease, will you? I'll, I'll be right on it, Coach, because I'm, I'm studying to get my degree. So. <laughs> All right. We'll take that as a uh, don't bother me. My girlfriend's back in town answer. Yes, please. Thank you time. very much. All right, Dog, have a great weekend. We'll talk to you Monday, and uh, we'll see if any more Cub trades upset me, okay? Oh, uh, This one already has me. Right, Behave yourself. Don't do anything I wouldn't do, which actually in my later years, unfortunately, leaves a whole lot of options. All right, have a great weekend, everybody. We much, much appreciate your tuning in both today and any day here on the Two Guys at a Mic Show. We thank each and every listener out there. David Olson, our producer, phenomenal job as per always. Have a great weekend. We'll see you Monday morning, 10 o'clock. Don't be late. Big Dog and a Coach on a sign-off.